Hey there, literary fans, and welcome to episode 102 of Jeff Reads His Book. I am your host, Jeff, and today we're reading chapter 8 of Powerless, a book I wrote in a month. So if you want to get in touch with me, head on over to jeffreadshisbook.com. Right there, there's three ways to contact me. We'll go over that at the end of the show. But while you're there, be sure to buy one of the prequels or sequels to this book. There's a sequel and a prequel. Yep. Um, they're terrible, and you can get them in dead tree format. You can get them in ebooks. It's very exciting. Yes. Go buy some of those because I need the money. I do this podcast, like, right now I'm doing it during work hours, it's a Tuesday, and, uh, yeah, I feel bad about it, so, you know, pay me, what are you gonna do? (laughs) And you should know that if you do buy my book, I get, like, a dollar, so that's kind of a bummer, I guess. I I think, you know, it's hard, because, like, I publish through this scrappy company called Amazon, and they're really trying to just kind of make ends meet. I I don't know how well they do, Mm. So it could be tough. It could be tough for like a startup like that to really make ends meet. And I hope everybody, you know, uh, I mean, the Amazon headquarters at what is that in Seattle? That's kind of like a rundown area of the country. You don't hear a lot of about people making a lot of money out there or anything like that. So that can be rough. So why don't you help those fellas out and buy one of my books, huh? That That's a good way to appeal to you people. So... I am doing this on uh, Tuesday, right? Uh, I was going to do it on Sunday, but um, it was Mother's Day. We had a little party to go to. I ate way too much. Uh, We had chicken enchiladas. Oh, yeah. And I made uh, Spanish rice with it. And, uh, yeah, I felt very ill when I came home. (laughs) I also had a lot of cake. So it was a tough day, but... uh, I just didn't get a chance to do the podcast. I suppose I could have done it before I we, you know, left. The lovely Laura and I headed over for Mother's Day festivities, but we didn't. So here I am on a Tuesday, uh, a pretty fun Tuesday, I guess. I, I went out, I had to run to the bank, so I ran out and got Chipotle because I think I deserve it because very early this morning, I had to renew my driver's license, and that's always, like, the lamest thing ever. I freaking hate doing that. Um... I don't know. It, it it was COVID restrictions still, so like uh, you had to wait outside till your number was called. Then you had to come in and stand in like a yellow square on the floor and wait for you to, yourself to be called up to one of the desks. It was very goofy, but it all worked out quickly. I got one of those stupid ass George W. Bush real IDs, which kind of annoys me. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, now I'm tired just talking about this. I've been, like, anxious all day, but the Chipotle, I think, really helped. So And so will this podcast, because it's so fun to talk to all of my listeners. All, maybe one of them. <laughs> That's right, Laura. Listen up. You're the listener. Okay, so today, we are reading chapter 8. So as far as chapters go in this book, it's coming in at about 130 lines. I think that's about average to maybe slightly lengthy, but if experience has told told us anything, 
Uh, this podcast is going to be done in like 25 minutes, right? So it should be quick enough, I, I suppose. Uh, chapter 8. So I did say I kind of like this chapter. Uh, the lead into it from last week made me very annoyed, right? Henry said he was going to have a party to protect everybody from the magistrates. And I guess we're going to find out what the hell that was about. Uh, there's, let me, uh, if you're having your children listen to this podcast, uh, two things. First, you're a terrible parent. And second, uh, there's going to be a lot of drinking in this chapter, so please do not let them listen to this. You don't want them to think it's fun. I mean, it is fun, but you don't want them to think that. (laughs) Yeah, so they're going to go to a party, they're going to get drinking, drunk, and uh, yeah, we're going to see what happens. Or why that's a good idea at all. Because I had an idea writing the book why it was a good idea. I'm going to find out if I actually, like, uh, put that into words. Or if I just left it to the reader to determine that this is a good idea, like self-defense via drunken partying, we're going to see. I guess we'll, we just got to find out as we dive in to Chapter 8. So I should apologize to listeners if they're uh, hearing like a laundry machine going in the background. Last night, uh, our cat decided to, um, you know blow chunks all over her bed like an hour after we went to bed you know because that's the the most infuriating part was i turned on the light and she's just sitting in her bed next to a giant pile of puke dripping down the side of it very nasty so i had to throw that in the wash today i just thought of it too which is annoying but yeah it's kind of gross um but it's getting taken care of so anywho uh, today, while I read this, it is after lunch at this point. I am sipping, ooh, on some Bombay Sapphire Gin on the rocks. That's right, folks. Gin. Yum. Mm. So, I had bought this gin for Lara to make some mixers. I can't remember why we did this. I think we were just going to do, like, uh, gin inside her. Uh, she drinks, what do you, like, LaCroix? You know, LaCroix, LaCroix whatever, or like polar seltzers. She drinks those. She thought maybe adding a little gin to it would be fun, which it is, but we don't really use it up that quick. So I think I've had this bottle for like a month and a half at this point. So I thought I'd change it up, have a little sip of this. I mean, it is a Tuesday though, so that's probably not a good plan. (laughs) I don't know. We're going to sip this. We're going to read this book. We're going to get this goddamn thing done. Hmm. This is so awkward, Henry said, as Janie rubs salve. Is that how you say that? S-A-L-V-E? I think that's how you spell it, I hope. Down his bruised ribs. The blue jelly she was applying tingled on the skin, but he was more concerned with her hands rubbing him. Ooh. (laughs) Just relax, Janie urged. Besides, how do you think I feel? You think I'm enjoying caressing your body? Henry looked around and saw Pauline faking dry heaving before laughing and walking away. And I'm a professional, Janie added. Why did we have to do this outside in front of everyone, Henry asked. Because this makes it much funnier, Janie said. Damn it, Janie, Henry yelled, lowering his right arm that he had been holding over his head while she worked. That salve should help heal the tissue under the skin. The bruise and surface soreness should be gone tomorrow. Ooh, magical. 
The ribs, though. Uh, does this count? Okay, wait, 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 wait. All right, right into the show. Or call in right now. Does this count as magic, right? She's using blue jelly, which I'm guessing is just icy hot, but let's assume it's magical icy hot. So does this count as using magic, applying magical icy hot? Mm, I don't know. That would mean we'd have double the amount of magic uh, as potatoes in this book, right? <laughs> um, I'm going to say not quite. Let's say not quite. Doesn't really count, okay, as magic. Don't worry, though. There's going to be more magic and possibly potatoes. We're going to see. All right. Uh, let's see. Um, do, 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 do. The ribs, though, are going to hurt for a while, Janie explained. Now, I think ever for everyone's sake... You should put your damn shirt... Blah. Janie explained. Now, I think for everyone's sake, you should put on a damn shirt. Henry shook his head and grabbed the shirt from the back of, the ch of his chair. Janie knew exactly how to annoy him, which is why he found her so funny. But he had to admit his side already felt a little better. Do you remember you got him all hurt and banged up when Margot burned down a government building? I'm just going to keep bringing that up. <laughs> Not that it was intentional arson. I mean, I don't think it matters in the eyes of the law, though, right? Okay. Boop, 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 boop. While Janie had tended to his injuries, a handful of people were setting up a party in front of his tiny house. They had dragged his kitchen table and chairs out front found torches from the community around the temple, and started laying out all the alcoholic beverages he owned, which amounted to just four bottles of hard liquor. Because probably he had a... Well, I don't know. What, what are you going to say about that? Four bottles? He, he's got to have some variety, you know? I guess. I rarely have four bottles of hard liquor. I think right now I might. No, I don't. I have three. All right. One of them is Bombay Sapphire Gin, which is amazing on the rocks. Give it a try, folks. Okay, where are we? I can say that because you're not letting your kids listen, because uh, remember what we warned you at the beginning, huh? Mm-hmm. All right. Bloop, 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 bloop. Pauline walked over to him while he stared longingly at the bottles because he's an alcoholic. You didn't have much, but Pulley said he can bring a ton of beer, she explained. Thanks for helping, Pauline, he said. Have you seen your roommate? I think Margot's inside your house, she responded, all in quotes, which is weird. Henry walked inside his house, the door hanging open, to see what was keeping Margot. He found her bent over his desk, staring at a sheet of paper. She didn't seem to notice him until he closed his front door. Margot, the sun is starting to set, he said. You should come outside and relax a little. They won't attack at dusk, I'm guessing. We need to make sure we have everything covered, she said. With the party? We're fine. Plenty of people are outside setting up, he said. No, with getting ready for an attack, she yelled. All right, stay calm. There will be plenty of people here, and we'll be able to thwart their plans. That's uh, in quotes. Henry suggested as he approached her. You need to relax a little bit, though. She turned away from him with her arms crossed, and he placed his hands on her shoulders, massaging her gently and trying to avoid pulling any of her, uh, pulling any of her hair. 
That's weird. Oh, because he's like massaging. I guess he doesn't want like hair caught under the hands, I guess. Mmm, she purred quiet. She quietly purred. Gross. <laughs> All right, that's a drinking break, folks. And um, you can stop your car now if you're driving and throw up. Because guess what? That was more than, imp- I think it's implied sex. I guess it's just implied since, you know, I didn't describe it. Thank God. Okay. Margot stepped outside to a somewhat bigger crowd that had collected in the twilight in front of Henry's house. She counted 20 people now, all friends and acquaintances, probably spelled wrong, that she generally trusted. Henry's absurd idea would actually work, she thought. So we still don't know what the idea is. All right, I'm just going to say the concept here is if everybody's awake and partying, they won't be taken in their sleep. You know, I think that was the concept. Of course, it's never said in the book, which... Oof. Okay. Margot, Pauline said, running... Margot, Pauline said, running up to her concerned. What's wrong? She asked, concerned. (laughs) Pauline, but Pauline just grabbed at her shirt buttons and started undoing some. Fix your hair, she whispered. Fix your hair, she whispered. Margot looked down and saw that she had clearly missed a button near her chest in her rush to get back outside. Ugh, God. Margot snapped her right fingers near her head and she felt her hair fall into a more respectable position. Sorry, she said, failing to hide her embarrassment. You realize guests are arriving, Pauline scolded her, scolded as she stood from fixing her buttons. Okay, (laughs) that's a weird sentence. Henry wanted me to relax, Margot said sheepishly. Oh my god, I'm going to throw up, she said, like all the listeners, walking away. Also like all the listeners. (laughs) Henry stepped out of his... Okay, Henry stepped out of his, looking like he made sure he was presentable. What? What the hell does that mean? And Margot smiled at him. Wow, lots of people here, he commented next to her. I feel like I'm not reading this well. Not that it's good. (laughs) We need to tell everyone what is happening, Margot said quietly. You want me to announce it, Henry asked. No, she said quickly. It should be done word by word of mouth only. I'll tell Pauline to tell people. You find Janie. That's a drinking... Ooh, excuse me. That is a drinking break. Ooh. I think that Chipotle is, uh, what, not compressing properly in my stomach? i got to keep it down. Hmm. All right. As midnight neared... The party had maintained itself surprisingly well. They had not run out of food or drink thanks to guests. Ooh, a potluck. And most people continued to sit around the large fire Henry had prepared or mill about chatting nearby. Everyone had been seemingly concerned about Henry and Margot's story, and almost Al had thought Henry's plan a good one. With a sizable number of them awake, any surprise... Oh, see, now we're explaining it. With a sizable number of them awake, any surprise advance on the temple would be noticed immediately. Many guests had contributed additional... had contributed additional wards around Henry's house so that the party could not be approached by unexpected guests. 
I hope we were wrong, Margot said while she leaned against him, sipping wine. He loved feeling her pressed against him. Gross! <laughs> we can hope, Henry said, but we just have to stay awake. Are you tired? she asked quietly. Are you tired? she asked quietly. No, but I can feel the whiskey at this point. Ah, whiskey man, huh? I think we knew that. It's all he ever has in this book, I believe. Well, there's a lot of beer, I guess. Hmm. I think some of our guests can too, Henry looked at the dozen or so empty bottles on his table. Just as Henry rubbed his cheek against Margot's head. <sighs> okay. Sorry, that I'm just getting I don't like their lovey doveyness. Just as Henry rubbed his cheek against Margot's head, a ring of fire burst into existence about forty feet away encircling his house and the entire party. Margot tried to jump to her feet and stumbled, which Henry guessed was the wine having its effect on her. Beyond the fire, there were multiple voices shouting, and Henry thought he could make out red cloaks beyond the ring. I fell into a burning ring of fire. Who set the fire ring ward? Well, clearly, um, Johnny Cash, right? Did I get that right? Right into the show, jeffreadsbook.com. Who set the fire ring ward? Police, the large warrior mage misspelled, yelled boisterously. Mm. I'm having a sip. That was, that was me, said Joe, a potions expert. Worked, too. Very cool, Joe, Pauline complimented from the opposite side of the fire. She walked casually over to the beverage table with an empty glass and began pouring some sort of white wine. Henry sighed. One mild problem with his plan was that it was, in fact, a party, and they all might have been having a bit more fun than they should have. He could feel the alcohol in himself, but he was pretty sure he could still operate. Let's move, Henry yelled. Ugh. <laughs> As most of the few warrior mages present came over to him, Pulley yelled, Let me grab a drink. Henry now noticed that about half of them, including himself, were still carrying glasses. <laughs> See, everybody's drinking. This is fun. The fire ring suddenly extinguished, like Johnny Cash's career when the IRS took all his assets, leaving only their fire and a few torches from the party burning. As they advanced towards the darkness, Henry tried to let his eyes adjust. Suddenly, a burst of blue energy exploded ten feet in front of him, causing him to wince. Who had the barrier? Pulley yelled back at the party. Oh, that was mine, Pauline said excitedly. Henry turned to see her jumping up and down and spilling wine everywhere. Approaching the barrier, still, Henry tipped tripped slightly, and some whiskey spilled onto his hand. Shit, he yelped, looking down at his clothes to see if they were wet. When he looked up, he could now see the red cloak mages just feet away, though the barrier still separated them. The one closest to Henry sneered and started in with some demands. Rather than spill more, Henry immediately tipped his rather sizable drink back and swallowed it all. Turning back to look at the magistrate's mage in front of him, he smiled and threw his glass directly at his forehead. The man stumbled backwards. As the man stumbled backwards, Henry jumped through Pauline's magical barrier and lashed out ATT, the surrounding mages. 
screaming and sending sending a semicircular burst of electricity into anyone nearby. He thought he counted five go down, but the whiskey kept that part of his mind a bit foggy. Shielding himself, Henry looked around at the ongoing battle. Pulley had taken down two more of the red attackers on his left, and two more of Henry's co-workers uh, were handling another mage on his right. Suddenly, he felt his shielding being impacted by a burst of blue energy. A lot of blue in this chapter, am I right? Including the gin! Wow, that's impressive. Mm. Turning back to the attacker in the dark, a flaming object flew slowly over his head and crashed in front of his attacker, exploding in a burst of energy. Woohoo! Henry heard behind him. Turning, he saw Pauline jumping up and down, spilling wine. Margot stood next to her, half bent over, laughing uncontrollably. Oh, that's fun. Returning his gaze to where, like uh, pants you wear, <laughs> the attacker had been, he was confronted by a man running directly towards him, electricity bristling from his fingertips, his face blackened from some earlier damage. As he had, as he reached for Henry, he quickly jabbed. Oh, as he reached for Henry, he quickly jabbed, impacting the man's nose with the base of his palm. So I think Henry did that. The man instantly stepped back, reaching for his face with his still electrified fingers, effectively attacking himself and falling limply to the ground. Looking around again, Henry could only see a handful of red-cloaked men fleeing into the darkness. He turned back towards the fire in front of his house and headed towards the beverage table. And that ends Chapter 8! So I feel like that's a fun chapter, right? They got into a little fight, there was some magic, a little bit of excitement. I honestly thought this chapter was longer, like I described the battle more. I, apparently I didn't, though. I, I thought Pauline was going to have more of a fun time. Like, she was jumping up and down all wasted, which is, you know, a hoot. But I, I just thought there'd be more of that. I don't know. It was kind of a disappointment, I think, in the end. I thought there'd just be a longer section. I guess part of the problem is I was trying to do, like, a chapter a night during, you know, uh, National Novel Writing Month. And... I was probably just running out of time or creativity, which is apparent if you read any of the books I've written. <laughs> so I don't know. It was it was close, but yeah, exhausting. I, I thought it would be better. That's all I'm saying. It wasn't awful, though, so I guess that's something. I was a little annoyed it took till maybe, what, halfway through the chapter to describe why Henry thought having a party was like a good defensive strategy. I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense. Everybody's awake. Nobody's taken in their sleep. I mean, I had to explain that to the listeners. So whatever, man. <laughs> uh, we got to see some of the extended cast, though, right? We had some Janie in there. Uh, we had Pulley. Remember Pulley? I do. Uh, Pauline, of course. Uh, Joe, another fantastic name that I came up with, right? That was good, I guess, right? I don't know. The implied sex was a little disconcerting. <laughs> yeah. At least we don't know any more about it, but whatever. All right. Let's just not learn any more about it either. That would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> all right. Let's get to some discussion questions, huh? Okay. All right. All right. Question one. So 
They clearly had plenty of hard liquor at this party. What is your feelings on uh, serving hard liquor at parties? Uh, so, I can't think of many parties I went to where there was hard liquor. Like, uh, I mean, in college, that was almost certainly a no. Nobody had that kind of money to have hard liquor at a party? What are you, crazy? Strangers drinking your very expensive, very alcoholic drinks? No, that was not a thing. Um... Let me think. I, I mean, other than like, I'd go to like family parties, like holiday parties, never hard liquor except Bailey's because, you know, most of the family we were going to see was Irish. So got to hit that Bailey's hard, right? But other than that, nothing, just beer and wine all the time. And so I got to say, like, I haven't been to many parties where there's actual like hard liquor served. Eh, I don't know. So what What are your thoughts? Am I just leaving, leading like a secluded life where... There, I don't go to the right parties where there's hard liquor for free. I don't know. I mean, that said, like if I go to a professional conference and they have an open bar, you better believe I'm drinking hard liquor. Fuck beer, man. If I can get like Johnny Walker Black Label for nothing. Oh, yeah, we're doing that. Uh, but again, that doesn't happen a lot. I guess that counts as a party, right? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. The best kind of party is always, you know. Uh, to celebrate some corporate sponsorship. <laughs> I don't know. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? Huh? Yeah. All right. Question two. This is a nice, simple one, right? We see uh, Pauline's drinking a whole bunch of white wine, spilling it everywhere. Just like a, what do you want to say? A good young white girl should. <laughs> right. But uh, okay. If you're going to a party, um, what's your wine choice? You can go white or red. Ugh. Or are you like, a rosé person. That seems like trendy if you're doing rosé. Or maybe you're drinking like uh, seltzers. Mm. You know, I poo-poo the seltzers, but I've never had one. Like a truly? I mean, are they good? Right into the show, jeffreydisbook.com. That can be 2B. All right, the second part of that question. Is truly hard seltzer good? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So right into the show, white or red wine, huh? Uh, Laura, you don't have to write in. I'm going to answer for you. Laura exclusively drinks uh, sparkling beverages. <laughs> Just kidding. I obviously know your wine preference. I've seen our kitchen, the wine rack, right? Yeah. That's a good time. Good times. So not a bad chapter all in all. Um, pretty quick episode, though, still. Which is fine. I gotta get some work done, though. It's fucking Tuesday. I gotta do my work. But I wanna edit this, too. Maybe I'll do it tomorrow morning. Yeah. We'll see. I don't know. I guess that takes care of everything. So, uh, if you wanna get in touch with me, head over to jeffreadsbook.com. Right there, there's three ways to contact me. Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter at Fortran Jeff. Uh, you can hit me up on Mastodon at Jeff at toot.rainbow-100.com. Or you can hit me up on email at jeff at rainbow-100.com. Very exciting. Well, uh, I hope I hear from some of my listeners. And by some of them, I mean any, because I'm not sure I have any listeners. Eh. I could check like the Apple listener dashboard, which I'm sure just has no data. Because, I mean, it, to have data would imply somebody downloaded the show, but I'm guessing nobody did. So anyway, if you are listening to the show... Why don't you write into the show, jeffreadsthebook.com. And until next time, keep on reading. Mm -hmm.